Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgins shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Good afternoon. You guys doing well? Outstanding. Good to have you with us. Merry Christmas to you all. If you have your, uh, your bulletin, turn to your bulletin there. Grab your bulletin and follow along. The greatest story ever told is the teaching series we've been working our way through here at Desert Breeze, A Biblical Worldview. This is what you need to understand about the Bible. The Bible is not a bunch of stories about what you must do to be right with God. The Bible has a single storyline, one single storyline about what God has done to make us right with Him. Now, part of that storyline is the key verse in our text. There, it's on the top of your, your bulletin, your notes, Matthew 1.23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is God's solution to our broken world of sin and suffering. That's part of the, part of the storyline. Now, all human problems are ultimately symptoms, and our separation from God is the cause. We kind of get into symptom management in our culture today, but we got to get to the cause. The cause is our separation from God, and therefore we have a lot of sin and suffering on this planet, and therefore this is the remedy right here. It's God sending His Son on a rescue mission. In fact, here's the thesis statement for this whole series. It's right there on your notes. It'll also be up on the screen behind me here. The Bible is the greatest story ever told. It is a love story. He created you because He loves you and wants you to have relationship with Him. So, it is a love story of creation. Then something went terribly wrong. Man rebelled against God, separated himself from God. You got man's fall. But in that storyline, you've got God's glorious redemption and restoration. At the center of the story, there is a baby upon whom everything would depend. Now, here's what you need to always keep in mind. Everyone has a worldview. Whether you realize it or not, you operate and you live your life based on your worldview. And the worldview answers these basic questions like, why are we here? Why do we exist? Why are we on this planet Earth? Why do we exist? And what, is, what has gone wrong? Everybody would say, something's gone terribly wrong on this planet. 
And then everyone would have some sort of a solution. What's the solution to what's gone wrong? And of course, the last question is, what hope do we have for the future? Well, guess what? The Bible answers all of those questions for us. That's a biblical worldview. Everyone has a worldview. Not everyone has a biblical worldview. Our job and my job is to help you to have a biblical worldview because it's not the events in your life that make you or break you. It's your evaluation of those events. It's your worldview or your biblical worldview that either makes you or breaks you. That's why Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, if you will hear my words and obey them and interact with me and have relationship with me, it's like a person who builds their house on the rock. And not if the storms, but when the storms come your way, you will still be standing. You will have a storm-proof life. So I'll guarantee you, you begin to develop a biblical worldview. You begin to take on the storyline of the whole Bible. Oh, my goodness. You will have a rock-solid life. That's what he invites us to do. And so part of this storyline is Emmanuel, God with us. That's the solution to the world's problems. And so we asked the group of our kids, DB kids, that this question, what does Emmanuel mean? Why did Jesus come? Check this out. See what they had to say. They had some really good answers to this question. I got a question for you. Do you know what Emmanuel means? No. It all means like a um, savior, right? I used to have a friend named Emmanuel. You Emmanuel? Lord? No. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Wow. It's uh, a note. Love? Wait, Jesus? God with us. Hey! Alright, how about... To rescue us? To rescue us, that's good. To die for our sins. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. To die for us. So that way we don't have to pay for our sins and pay for it. Uh, to die for us so we could be forgiven to go to heaven and live with him. That's right. Trees? Trees? I couldn't find my chicken, but I found it. What's that? Rainbows. Yeah. I, I mean, like, God did that because um, the reason why there are rainbows is because it's like a sign that He will never flood the earth ever again. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> mm -hmm. I had a dream that my grandparents lived in my backyard. And then now they do. And uh, God also has healed my Nana's knee in my life, and she had to get stitches in her knee. Really? And staples in her knee, but they're finally out. She had to get surgery on her knee. Wow. She okay now? Mm hmm. Sing we the song of Emmanuel 
This the Christ who was long foretold, though in the shadows of Bethlehem, promise of dawn now our eyes behold. God most high in a manger lay, lift your voices and now proclaim, great and glorious love has come to us, join now with the host of heaven. up your heads for your king is come sing for the light overwhelms the dark glory shining for all to see hope alive let the gospel ring god has made a way he will have the praise tell the world his name is jesus glory shining
So, Emmanuel, God with us. Look on your notes there, part of your bulletin. What does that mean? It means that Jesus is three things we're looking at here this afternoon. The ultimate revelation of God, the indispensable reconciliation with God, and the abounding consolation from God. Let's take that first one there, the ultimate revelation of God. Take a look at that word, God with us, the definition of Emmanuel, God with us. What is that saying? Jesus is God. Jesus is God. So how do we know there is a God? Well, we know there's a God not by human speculation, but by divine revelation. See, the answer to that question would be, we know there's a God because He has revealed Himself to us. Those of you that have been here for any length of time at Desert Breeze probably know the answer to that if you've gone through our DB Life class. So how do we know there is a God? Because He has revealed Himself to us. How has He revealed Himself to us? Well, I've got some verses there you can look up later, but Psalm 19, Romans 1, chapters 1, 2, and 3 tell us that God has revealed Himself to us through creation, through conscience, through covenant, the Old and New Covenant. It's also called the Old and New Testament, the Bible. He wrote a book. Did you know that? He actually wrote a book, yeah. And, and so he, he's communicating to us, but how did he reveal himself to us ultimately? Anybody? Through Jesus Christ. It's not a hard answer there. You guys knew that. That's why we're here. We're celebrating that. So he, he is the ultimate revelation of God. Take a look at this verse Colossians 1.15. Let's read this verse aloud and together. You guys ready? Louder than you did when you were singing 12 Days of Christmas. You guys ready for that? Okay, let's read together. One, two, three. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Excellent job. That was outstanding. Look at that next verse, Colossians 2.9. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So if you want to get to know God, get to know Jesus. Read about Him in the four gospel accounts in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So think about this. The manger, the cross, the resurrection, the story of Jesus. Listen to me. It's not a fable. It is true, and the implications will revolutionize your life forever. You will get to know the living and true God, the God that created us, that created us as objects of His love for relationship with Him. Here's the next one, is that, so Emmanuel, God with us, means that Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God. He's also, number two, the indispensable reconciliation to God. Take a look at that definition again, God with us. Jesus is God with us. John 3, 16 and 17. Many of you have probably memorized John 3, 16. In fact, let's say both of these verses together and loud, very loud. You guys ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Let's go. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life or eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. I was trying to read it from how I memorized it. Those are great verses, aren't they? Woo! Those are great verses. So what did He do? He came to rescue us, to reconcile us back to the Father. There's three words that you need to understand as it relates to the gospel. Justice, mercy, 
and grace. Let me explain those, uh, those three words by giving you a quick story illustration. A number of years ago, my oldest son, Russ, was in junior high. He borrowed my very expensive mountain bike and, and wanted to go over to his friend's house and hang out. So I say, okay, you can take it, but, but be careful with it. It's a very expensive mountain bike. Don't just leave it out in the driveway. Someone will steal it, so care for it. Put it in a safe place. I get a phone call a few hours later, and he says, hey, Dad, could you come and pick me up? I said, well, you got the bike there. Why don't you just drive home? I can't. I go, why can't you? Because it's not, uh, I can't ride it. Why can't you ride it? Because the the wheel. What's wrong with the wheel? The wheel is broken. I said, why is the wheel broken? What happened? And he said, well, I, I put it just inside the garage door, but it wasn't far enough into the garage door. And when we hit the garage door button, it came down and crushed the front wheel. I go, okay, I'll be right over there. <laughs> you know, it was interesting during this time. I was, it, was a, it was one of those opportunities. I think God was really speaking to my heart. He says, hey, this is a great opportunity to teach him the difference between justice, mercy, and grace. Once in a while, I have those brilliant moments, and I know they're not coming from me, okay? They're ultimately coming from God. And so I got over there. I wasn't upset, and I just said, hey, let's, let's talk about this. Now, now you, get, you know what justice, mercy, and grace is? He didn't really understand it. But so let me just say, justice means that uh, you got to pay me back, okay? <laughs> justice is getting what you deserve. That's what justice is, getting what you deserve. And, and you know you don't have any money. And you're a junior high kid, okay? And the only money you get is the money that I give to you through allowances. And it would take you until you are grown and gone before you would pay me off, okay? <laughs> and so I'm not going to exercise justice here, but I'm going to give you mercy. Mercy is, is not getting what you deserve. In fact, I'm going to pay the debt for you. I'm going to absorb the debt. And in fact, I'm not just going to give you mercy, but I'm going to also give you grace. I'm not only going to pay the debt off, but I'm going to give you the bike and I'm going to take you out for your favorite ice cream. What do you guys think of that? Okay, so I I did give him mercy, and I gave him a little bit of grace. I did take him out for ice cream, but I didn't give him the bike. Okay, I'm just telling you that, okay? (laughs) But that's what grace would have been. So so justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what what you deserve, and grace is getting what you don't deserve. In fact, he came, I, t- I talked with him about this story just yesterday, and he said, you know what, it really gave me a really a safe place to be able to come and bring my, when I mess up, I could safely come to you because of the way that you responded to that. And he said, you weren't even upset at the, at the least. I go, really? Thank you for sharing that with me. <laughs> I didn't know that. I was fuming on the inside, but I, <laughs> but I was able to hold it back. But take a look at this next statement. This is a beautiful gospel statement. Because God doesn't treat us with justice. In fact, this is what it says. Injustice, this is the gospel message. This is part of God reconciling us back to himself. Injustice, God passed the required sentence of death on our sin. So, so what was the option there? John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, whoever believes in him would not perish. So the option is you're going to either perish or you're going to have eternal life. Those are the only two options. So either perish, so he doesn't give us justice. Justice would be that we would perish, but he doesn't give us that. He gives us mercy. He sends his son on a rescue mission. He absorbs the debt of our sin, and then he gives us grace. So he gives us mercy. He took that punishment himself, and in grace, this is absolutely amazing, in grace has forgiven us and adopted us into his family, lavishing us with his love forever. That's the gospel message. It's out of this world. I've never been the same. When I begin to understand that, I don't, I don't want justice. I don't want justice. I want mercy and grace. 
Now, if I don't receive the mercy and grace, I will receive justice and you will too. It's inevitable. So that's why I put my faith in Jesus, and I would invite you to do the same. And, and, and so what is the greatest, what's the greatest thing God could ever do for you? What's the greatest thing he could ever do for you? Reconcile you to himself through the death of his son. He gives us mercy. He, he absorbs our debt himself on the cross. Oh, my goodness. What's the greatest thing that he could ever give to you? Relationship with him. This is the best part of the Christian life is that we can have an intimate relationship with the God of the galaxies. He's, he's already done the work of reconciliation. Now we can have relationship with him. And this is a statement you hear around here all the time at Desert Breeze. Intimacy with God is life's most satisfying reality. There's nothing better. Whatever satisfaction you've experienced in created things is a dim glimpse of what you can experience in relating to and knowing the creator of the universe. Oh my goodness, yeah, that's, that's worth an applause right there. That's beautiful, that's outstanding. We're gonna kick off a new teaching series in 2023, how the gospel changes everything. So when you think of the gospel, you need to think of reconciliation and think of relationship with God. How the gospel changes everything. We're gonna work our way through the book of Romans. And here's the idea behind this series is that nothing can transform a human heart, heal a wounded soul, satisfy our deepest longing like the gospel, like being reconciled to God and then being in relationship with the God of the galaxies. Nothing whatsoever compares to that. Whatever the capacity for human sin and suffering, the gospel gives us a greater capacity for healing, health, and wholeness. That's what he offers us. That's what we're going to kick off after the first year. Now, Emmanuel, God with us, means that Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God, the indispensable reconciliation to God. And here's, it goes right in line with this next one. He's the abounding consolation from God. So if we've been reconciled, so we're getting to know God because Jesus came to reveal himself to us, now we're reconciled to him, now we're in relationship with him, oh my goodness, abounding consolation from him. God with us. Jesus is us. He is not only God, but also human. It's called the hypostatic union. And that's a heavy theological concept. And it goes beyond our ability to fully comprehend. It's a mystery of God, but it's something that we should certainly celebrate. Now, when you go through suffering, you can feel really lonely. Everyone here has probably gone through suffering and experienced a great deal of loneliness, whether it was through a divorce or battling a disease or you lost a loved one through death or a disability. And it can seem that no one understands. Maybe you're there now. Just feel like, wow, no one understands what I'm going through. Jesus Christ's humanity tells us that he was a human being who was born in a manger, who knew poverty and betrayal and denial by those closest to him, and he knew extreme suffering and death on the cross. Listen to me, Jesus breathed our air. He felt our pain. He knew our sorrows. He died for our sins. This baby born in Bethlehem grew up and lived the life we should have lived and died the death we should have died in our place, for our sins. Absolutely amazing. Here's the point. It's on your notes. 
Whatever you're going through, God has gone through it and understands and can give you what you need to get through it. Now, this is how I've seen him work this, is that, man, no one understands like him, and no one will help you like him. And sometimes he calms the storm, and sometimes he calms the storm in his child. Either way, he will see you through that. I've seen him do that in my life. I've seen him do that in many people's lives. Whatever you're going through, God has gone through it and understands and can give you what you need to get through it. Look at these next verses, Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. Let's just kind of reflect on this. This high priest, talking of Jesus, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our, notice the description here, gracious God, There we will receive justice? No, there's no justice here. We'll receive mercy. Justice getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. And we will find grace, not getting what you deserve. Grace to help us when we need it most. God so loved us and hates suffering that he was willing to come down and get involved in it. That's part of the gospel message. So how does that apply to my life right here, right now? Isaiah, Isaiah 41.10, I love this verse. This is what he would be saying to you. If you're going through a hard time right now, this is what he's saying. Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He's with you. Whether you feel like he's with you or not, if you've put your faith in Jesus, he will never leave you or forsake you. You can take that to the bank. Absolutely amazing. Here's another great verse that I, that I love. It's actually, you can study this on your own. It's in Psalm 147, 3 and 4. The one who names and numbers the stars can heal your broken heart and bind up your wounds. Let's pray. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's just take a moment. Let's go before the throne of grace. So, Father, we love you, we worship you, we're thankful for sending your son, Emmanuel, which means God with us. You, Lord Jesus, are the ultimate revelation of God. As we get to know you, we are getting to know the living God, and you are the indispensable reconciliation with God. Thank you, Jesus, for dying in our place and reconciling us with the Father so that we can have you in our lives and so that we can experience abounding consolation from you in all moments of our life to face anything in our life. Jesus is God's solution to our broken world of sin and suffering. With your heads bowed, eyes closed, just take a moment. Do you know him? Have you given your life to him? Do you understand what it means to give your life to him? This is how you do it, by prayer through faith. You can do that right now. You acknowledge that your sin separates you from God. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, which means separation from God, alienation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You acknowledge that your sin separates you from God. You believe that Christ died in, in your place for your sins and you confess him as Lord and Savior. You can do that right now, just between you and him. Lord, I pray for those that need to do that. I pray for all of us. As we renew our commitment to you on this Christmas Eve, we love you, God. We love you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Now, if you've done that, and you're making that renewal of commitment to him, keep in mind, this is not a one-time decision, but a lifelong, ongoing, growing ongoing and growing relationship with God that makes prayer and Bible study and getting involved in a local church family a priority. 
Make that a priority in your life. God, we thank you for this night. We celebrate all that Jesus has done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us as we sing Silent Night? chapter 8 verse 12 Jesus spoke to them saying I am the light of the world whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life having received Christ as our Savior we walk in that light and then he he encourages us he challenges us this is part of the Great Commission Matthew 4 14 through 16 you are the light of the world we're the light of the world as we walk in a relationship with God getting to know him experiencing him interacting with him, experiencing a satisfaction and a love that only he can give to us, then we want to spread that to others. I'm telling you, once you've experienced fellowship with God, you want anybody and everybody you care about to experience it too. 
So you're going to want to pass that light onto them. And he says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We're going to start lighting from the front here. I'll light this candle. I'm going to light the candles of some of our leaders, and then little by little, we'll see this place lit up. That's what God wants our our understanding of the gospel to do in our lives as it spreads throughout our family, our friends, throughout this city. stars are brightly shining. It is a night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin. The weary world re- 
Merry Christmas. God bless you guys. Love you guys.